about Mormons, can't wait to see which one will they choose This week in Mormons, you get a Joseph Smith style With more and knee up on the whole G up in now Al's the big bearded guy from Missouri Geoff is the bearded nationalist from D.C. This week, you get the funny stuff, the fun things Like what casserole will be made A new era of This Week in Mormons here we are. Kurt Frankham here as the host. And man, I kind of feel like I'm uh, sitting in somebody else's house on their couch, pretending I live here. Somebody else's kids are running around. Uh, but thankfully, I brought my friend John Shaw with me. John, what's up? Not a lot. Kurt, <laughs> just, uh, you know, enjoying the afterglow of John Conference weekend, of course. That's right. I knew at some point our forces would combine in, in some moment. And this is the <laughs> moment. <laughs> well, you know. I hope, I hope I can live up to, you know, the decade-long experience of listening to what that, I originally heard. You know, as the is that Jeff how long you've been listening to to Twim here? A decade? Oh, uh, very original. Really? In fact, I go back so far that I remember before Al moved back to Missouri. Wow. And and I was so I have some connections with with twim one of them was that i was mentioned on the podcast once by name or just in no he didn't know my name at the time but he said somebody one of our fans accosted my mother at church (laughs) and you're the perpetrator okay and i'm the guy i used to live in in his stake in missouri and uh in missouri I, i visited that ward many many times and then i kind of associated the name with al and so, like, right before sacrament, I popped up. She was the chorister. I popped up said, hey, is your son Al? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I really like your podcast. Nice. <laughs> then I ran away. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, an overly intense interaction, it sounds like. I didn't accost her. It's <laughs> ah, just what Al said. We're, we're suddenly, it's becoming coming to the surface of the, the fake news or exaggerations we've been having on, on Twim. Yeah. So. You know. <laughs> so, and I think I told you before. Um, I also think I'm re- I'm responsible for him being called as a high councilman in that stake. So it was not revelation. It was John Shaw. No, no, it was me <laughs> telling the state presidency, like you really should, you should talk to this guy. He's doing great things up there. Uh-huh. He'd be a really good high councilman. You planted the seed. I planted the seed. He wasn't called until after I'd moved back to Utah, anyway. Okay. So it definitely wasn't me, but I talked about him a lot. Love it. Now, um... <laughs> I credit myself, but I don't know. <laughs> So, I don't know what else. So where do you live now, John? I live at the gateway of Antelope Island. The gateway of Antelope Island in Syracuse, yeah. Utah. Syracuse, Utah. Nice. And uh, where's yeah. what what phase is the temple at at the moment? It is at the being constructed phase. Right. But I mean, like what construction phase, I guess. <laughs> like, is, uh, is, are there still know. beams? Out, are the there? outside is still being put up. Okay. So there's still some exterior work to do. Nice. Uh, Layton, of course, is coming along, but uh, yeah. it was really nice that the church decided to build another temple where I moved. So yeah. that was helpful. They <laughs> built your- one in Kansas City, a mile away from me, and they moved here. They built one a couple blocks away. So love it. Now uh, we originally met, I guess, through. I mean, you've been listening to Leading Saints for a while as well, right? Yeah, I think I go back with you to the blog as well. To the blog, yeah. Back when I really had no clue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've you've been an active participant. We have a a, a Facebook group called Lat- Leading Saints Helpers, and uh, we put up various. I guess it started. I, I started as sort of an effort to uh, generate some 
service opportunities for those wanting to contribute to the efforts of leading saints. And then it turned into more of like a topical discussion board, which is cool. And uh, you're quite active on there, right? I I have been, sure. (laughs) To say the least. I've had an opinion or two across the years. I'm willing to bet that you like and Google keeps or Google Facebook keeps track of these as far as like who are the top contributors. I'll have to pull it up. I bet you're in the top three, if not the top one. But yeah, I've had just I've just had a great time inside that group and and with with leading saints anyway. Um, I like to have a place to talk about leadership in the church Um because I've always been tangentially related to leadership. I've always been like an executive secretary or a clerk, you know, something like that. I'm in the meeting. Always but, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right, Is right, that exactly. <laughs> I've been in the meetings for like 20 years. Yeah. So it's always interesting to me, you know, I can, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> They're responsible for making some decisions, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun over the years. Um, and I've had, I've had some, you know, good, good experiences there that I like to, I like to think, think that I've had a lot of, observational experience with multiple ward councils and with church programs over the, you know, 20 years or so that I spent either in a ward council or, or with state presidency. So, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. So I'm curious after this recent acquisition of this week in Mormons, if, if you were crowned king of this week in Mormons for a day, I mean, what, what direction does John want to see this? Do you want, I, cause I can't, I'd be kidding myself to think that I can just carry on the same dynamic and personalities and funny wit of Jeff Openshaw oh, and the other, other team members. So I know, I know. I mean, I mean, what do you think? Well, you know, if I was king for the day, there's, I, I, there was always one thing that, and maybe this is a, you know, not a popular opinion, but I always thought Quinn was best when Al could, you know, cut through some of the stuff of Jeff's mind <laughs> okay, and just bottom line it for him a little bit. Do you remember okay. those days when Al just like, eh. anyway, um, kind of a, really, that's I ridiculous really liked, Jeff moment. huh? I really liked when, cause, cause Jeff has more of a, you know, progressive liberal kind of thinking about church and Al's was a little bit more conservative. I, I thought I, that's what okay. I thought. Okay. And I've always felt that um, the Mormon news programs and, and podcasts that are out there, have bent to the left quite quite significantly. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think any of them really veer horribly out of the way, but I don't know how many of them, like the people that I go to church with or go to Sunday school with, that I'd be like, hey, you should listen to this. You'd really enjoy this conversation. of, And, yeah. then, and then it's just the whole bunch of progressive liberal ideas that come <laughs> <laughs> Feminist ideas, whatever it is, which, which really I enjoy. Right. I'm just not sure how the larger church membership does enjoy. And so I Jeff think podcasting is, in the church has kind of become a niche. Oh yeah, anyway. sure. And Jeff I, is I, rushing I, to the comments section. He's going to refute any such an opinion, but that's all right, you know, because that's what we do here. But And that is something I've thought about is, you know, obviously I'm from Utah, uh, born and raised here. Uh, I consider myself quite conservative. Uh, but I still want to mix up the ideas and perspectives. I think that that generates yeah. some interesting discussion, right? Yeah. And um, and so yeah, I think people should expect going forward that yeah, I'm going to have I'm going to be I have people all over the spectrum, and I don't know if I'll uh, I, I'd love to say I'll, I'll play it straight and you know sort of be the I don't uh, not the overwhelming opinion opinionated guy, but I don't know if I'm uh, sa- savvy enough to do that. <laughs> 
to, to uh, right. you know, cloak my opinion and some things and whatnot. And, right. and that's been part of the struggle with me as I've been a co-host on, on TWIM is just that there's certain opinions I have. I don't know how to articulate them as well for yeah. uh, me to walk away from the episode being like, yeah, I stated my case. I'd be like, oh, man, I said that wrong. Or I don't really know all the intricacies of that issue. And but I it, there's sort of this this feeling that you got to have a strong, uh, uh, you know, standing on certain topic or story or whatnot. And yeah. I don't know. I, I hopefully I, I won't I don't I won't have that. I won't feel that pressure going forward. Not that I did before. But that's sort of just how it comes out when you're, you have a microphone in front of you and you're like, oh, I've got to make a statement on this, how I feel about this story. When a lot of times I don't really, I'm kind of, you know, I'm just sort of neutral to it all. I don't, I don't yeah. have, have a strong opinion either way. But yeah, I kind of like, you know, that, that, that multiple, uh, if we can come at it from a number of angles, mm-hmm. I, I like that idea, right? Yeah. Um, I really also enjoyed the when um, I don't remember her name, but she joined regularly from I think Singapore, and brought an international flavor to Twim once in a while, which I really enjoyed. That that right. brings I think it helps us, you know, cradled in in our Wasatch Front uh, church, right? To see things right. that a little you know expand what we see, uh, especially as the church and handbook and new programs and things are kind of designed for a, to be used in the global church. Right. right. Um, yep. It's, it's yep. important for us to understand how and why those, that curriculum is being developed or why the handbook says what it says. And whatnot. Yeah. And like I said last week, I don't, I, my long-term plan is I uh, have my voice less and less on this. Maybe, I don't know if you can uh, email us at contact at this week in Mormons, if you disagree with that, but uh, this isn't necessarily my jam, you know, like it was for Jeff and, and Al, but I saw it as a phenomenal brand and one that should be carried on. So I, I want to be a part and make sure that happens. But uh, so I don't know, I, or I, I do run into individuals sometimes that I'd really like to interview, but they don't fit the leading saints podcast. Uh, right you know, efforts and whatnot. And so this may be a platform where I can jump on for some cool interviews with some unique Latter-day Saints or people in the Mormon, um, the Mormon world that, uh, we can discuss and, and learn more. So anyways, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, let's yeah. jump into this with John. What was, uh, any big takeaways from conference weekend? And I don't anticipate we'll go through every conference talk. I think that can get drawn out and, uh, maybe not what people are looking for, but what were your general takeaways? What highlights did you have? Well, of course, uh, the new For the Strength of Youth um, yeah. guide. I love the new guide. Yeah. Right? Not a standard or handbook. Yeah, forget whatever it. Is. is that what a we're guide. calling it? Is it a guide? Is right? that where we're going? For the Strength of Youth, a guide for making choices. Um, it's, it's, it's really formatted well. Yeah. And it's going to be great yeah. for the youth. I think, um, I think it's going to be the adults that are going to have a hard time. <laughs> Right, because right. yeah, they can't point to you know paragraph twelve, line four. Right. Like, there it is. That's why well, that's we follow the prophet in this house, right? Yeah, yeah. We had a fight this year about girls' camp and you know the length of shorts and stuff. You know, we got a note and shorts must be below the knee. And so I fired <laughs> off a text and I said, "Do they even sell those in <laughs> anymore anywhere?" Yeah, I haven't seen a young woman wear a shorts past her knee for. That's right. Quite Gotta go with the cutoffs, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I love how the FSY it's tied to temple recommend questions, right? With each uh, section. And I think that helps as, as, as uh, I think, 
you know, the church wants to push more and more youth towards the temple. I think that's the, the end game for uh, a lot of members of the church is get to the temple. And if we can do that, you know, things dramatically change in their, their faith journey. Um, and so as going through the, the temple recommend questions, preparing for a temple recommend, you know, it's going to be great to have clear guidance and principles that we can find in the FSY uh, guidelines. Yeah. I, I like the, um, I like it's how, how it's arranged. It even says it here and says there, uh, each topic has three parts, right? Yeah. Eternal truths, invitations to act on those truths, and then the promised blessings from those truths. Love it. Love I, love it. And it. I love the question. And they've got a few questions in some of the sections, right? And some are quite poignant, yeah. right? With oh, tattoos yeah. or um, same sex attraction or whatever it be that, you know, they're not, uh, they, I think there's sort of that balance, right? That they want to address, they don't want to be a hundred percent principle focus. Cause there are some tough questions that can be debated with principles in mind, but um, you know, maybe in a question and answer format that brings a little more meat to uh, yeah. maybe these more specific issues. So, all right. Well, the, uh, the twin audience won't notice this as much, at least I hope not, but uh, boy, the, uh, the internet gods are against us today. We uh, th- anyways, this is going to be an editing nightmare for me, but uh, John, you don't have to worry about that. No. So <laughs> we were talking about uh, the new FSY resource, but anything else uh, uh, related to conference, like what stood out, any highlight highlighted talks or monumental talks or. I think we had some momentous times there. Of course, this is uh, sister uh, Browning speaking yes. as a, the first uh, black woman to speak in, in general conference. We should not let that go by without uh, talking about yeah. how special that is for had some people. I mean some some ringers there with with uh, her topic and what she talked about so yeah I actually saw her in a uh, a training uh, a, a women's organization training when she was just a board member uh-huh. um, what were uh, you doing in this training John I, well, <laughs> I was a technology specialist and so I was okay. in there to basically mute and unmute people that didn't mute themselves so, got it <laughs> So me and the state president and all the, basically the coordinating council, you know, uh, women's auxiliaries were there and she was really great. I, I enjoyed, yeah. you know, her, her talk. Um, I think uh, I, I like Elder Bednar's talk about the marriage feast and the expounding on the parable. I, I really enjoy, maybe it's just because I grew up, you know, before conference became sweet. Uh, you know, Wait a minute. Did, before conference became sweet, what do you mean by well, that? Well, when John? the prophets used to like, here's a thing oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you what it means. And you got, you know. <laughs> a little more pounding of the lectern, right? Yeah, you know. I, so that was kind of fun. Harkened back to just getting a scripture block and uh-huh. that scripture block meant. And I, I, I enjoyed that. Nice. Nice. Nostalgia, I guess, maybe. Did you find that, I mean, like you said, back in the 80s, maybe it was a little more direct in there. Uh, in their message as far as how they wanted us to change. And it seems like that direction's there, but it's a little more subtle, right? Or it's more doctrinally focused and a little, you know, uh, urging people to, you know, be aware of some of these things. So some people have sort of framed Elder Bednar's talk as sort of the reference to, you know, temple garments and how we, we shouldn't take them off or, you know, we shouldn't be lax yeah. with our wearing of such things or our appearance and dress. Right. Um, go to church, but, go know. to church. Right. But, but it's sort of, I don't want to say that I feel like cloaked is the wrong word, but it's, he wraps it in these scriptures and, and doctrine that, which I appreciate because then it's a little more universal, right? I don't want a list of checklist items or 
things that uh, direction that we should and shouldn't do. And then people, you know, point to that and, you know, similar to what we had with the old for the strength of youth pamphlets, right? It's like, well, it says it right there. So we all have to conform, right? So, yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, it's valuable. And of course, it harkens back to the for the strength of youth guide. Yes. Where we teach doctrine, we invite people to act. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really the, the focus now. I was shocked with uh, President Oaks's talk. I mean, he he lays it out like we almost donated a billion dollars, you know, like to relief efforts and charity and, and whatnot. And that, I mean, those types of things you don't expect to hear. And, uh, you know, they usually keep those numbers under wrap, right? Yeah. You know, I, it, they, they, they kind of bring the money topic up every so often. Um, I, I, you know, Elder Bednar years ago talked about the council on the disposition of you know, oh, yeah. the tithes and offerings and how that worked. Um, every once in a while, right. You get, you get one. It's almost like every four or five years, they, they give a talk uh, about the, the finances and what we're doing with them. Far cry from the early days when we used to actually get the budget. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Which I imagine that if we saw like the current budget, a lot of people would be pretty crazy about why we don't have some other things. We right? wait for it to get leaked now. So. Yeah. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> so awesome. I'm trying to think of any other any talks uh, stood out. There's a few that you know, as as any conference experience, you just miss it, or there's a disruption in the house with little children and. You know, if you think, well, I'll definitely come back to that one. But, uh, oh, I mean, everybody's talking about, you know, President Nelson's closing remarks. This this kind of thing is like, it irks me a little bit. Like when people put meaning behind something that maybe they didn't mean to, you know, because he got choked up at the end, right? As he says, right. until we meet again. Is this, he's, and people are saying, oh, he ba- basically told us he's going to go lay down and die now. And we're like, wait a minute. Like what? <laughs> like, not can him. we not assume that? Because I just don't think prophets do that, right? Prophets don't prophesy of their own death and i i think this is a little bit of of cognitive bias that we experience like anytime an apostle dies or a prophet like everybody goes back to their talk and it's like well it's obvious look at these words that they used it's obvious they knew they were they were going well they're going to die you right? know everybody just, goes back to um elder mcconkey now right right just, which i think with a cancer diagnosis you've been in the hospital you literally took off a you know the the wires from your body to to come down to the conference or to the tabernacle to give that talk. I mean, to, yeah. and, and sure. I, I wonder like there's a, a diagnosis that president Nielsen is aware of that isn't public, but he knows this could be it, you know, but at yeah. the same time, I'm like, you know, he just loves us and he got a little choked up. Uh, I, I think it's best for our community not to assume more. And, and this goes back to maybe some of my experience with, you know, talking and exploring leadership is we always insert more meaning into the words of leaders than, needs to be and then it just creates more of a mess like even on the local level we do that right yeah yeah totally in fact to the detriment what's the word detriment to our detriment to our detriment thank you (laughs) because honestly we have a lot of people culturally right they've they they tend to associate the culture now with the church or culture with the gospel and and now they're leaving because the culture is not something that they like anymore. They're, right. You know, and, and they took to heart maybe something a bishop said when they were in a vulnerable position. And yeah. there's, I mean, everyone would expect that that would be how you act in that, in that position. Yeah. Okay. But uh, if we had a culture 
that uh, was a little more forgiving of of those words at times, right? Yeah, maybe we wouldn't be seeing as many people step away. Or, yeah. Right, right. What about uh, temple announcements, John? What surprised you? Any? I mean, I think I, I don't know. It's hard to think that. I remember it was a last conference when he said, I will announce 20 new temples or something, or maybe that was two conferences ago. It's hard to keep up, but I'm just thinking, man, is there, I mean, that's hard to imagine. And then to have 18 more this conference, four of which were in basically the same uh, metropolitan area, I guess you say, or relatively close to Mexico city. Um, but uh, I, I mean, what would you think of the temple announcements? I, you know, we and they talk about this on Twim a lot, right? The yeah, predictions and and whatnot. But I, I'm not surprised anymore, right? When President yeah. seems to be announcing lots of temples, and and he continued. He hit he hit uh, 300, right? Didn't we? Didn't that wasn't that a prediction to to get to 300? Right. Yeah. It's interesting that it, he nailed it right on the money, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. So. Well, Maybe the Mexico City thing, they were scrambling, right? Where's four more we could do? Let's just do four in Mexico City. Right. But um, I think, I think, I think it's interesting to see a lot of them built, you know, and I, I've got, I can almost see the spire right out my window right here of Syracuse. And they had announced, you know, Leighton just right before that, everybody around here was just like, oh man, it takes me as long to get to Leighton as it would to get to Ogden from my house. That's like 20 minutes. Gosh, uh-huh. it takes me 20 minutes to get, and now it's only going to take me a minute and a half. And then there's people all around the world. Right. Still, Aren't they, quite as fortunate, right? Right. And then yeah. of course, there's the other side of the house that's, that's thinking these, every one of these announcements is, you know, several, you know, in the tens and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars and wondering where maybe that money could go to other things that they champion. Right. Right. Yeah, and wondering why it is and how the priorities are set at the church about where that money goes, which, which would be it'd be good maybe to hear a talk about that, in, right? Regional conference. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's check Jeff's work here. His his temple predictions. This is uh, uh, the the North America ones. Rapid City. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, eh. Colorado Springs. That's a likely one if it didn't happen. Uh, Charlotte. Didn't happen. I guess one in Lehigh didn't happen. Latin America, uh, Dominican Republic. No, none in the DR. Jeff did guess a, a Brazil one, but uh, that's about 10 hours away from both announced. Uh, Buenos Aires West. Did we get an Argentina? No, no Argentina. Oh, we did. He got, oh, Buenos Aires City Center. City Center, yeah. All right, we'll give you that one, Jeff. <laughs> Cancun, nope. Uh, no Venezuela. Albania, nope. Scotland. That was another one that people were kind of crossing their fingers for. Cyprus. Nope. No Mongolia. Indonesia. That's 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 hey, what we've been saying for a while. Hey, but he nailed the Naga Philippines. Naga. All nice, right. nice job, Jeff. I don't know. Bless you. Might need to clean out this uh prediction crew. <laughs> bring in a bring in a new group. Are you nominating yourself? Is that oh no, not at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm however, not... however, I would say they've been really good over the years. I yeah, mean, they have really yeah. good. This one was out of left field. Why they they missed so many? And now we have like almost a new dynamic with temples. Is this you know with these? How did President Nelson frame it? Like in these metropolitan areas, just uh, putting a bunch of temples, you know, as needed in that area. Similar to what we have, I guess, along the Wasatch Front. Right? Is yeah. there's just a lot there. So. All right, John, let's jump into just some uh, 
just some general news that we had. Uh, you've you selected a handful of articles, and uh, let's jump into what. Where do you want to start with? Uh, you're going to educate us on these, and then I'll uh, I'll learn more about them. Did, does that mean I didn't have time to follow the news closely? Yeah, we're in a transition time here at, at TWIM, and so we'll figure this out. We go, but John sacrificed his calendar to do do this. So, well, what, what stories stuck out? I really. Um mainly because I've been following uh, politically, you know, the uh, I've been following a blog or a podcast called The Realignment, which um, is, you know, it's it's talking about what's happening in, in the greater global world and the U.S. and politics in, in general anyway. But over the years, there's a, there's a Wheaton Tears um, post about quiet quitting as it relates to the church. Yeah, we typically hear this like in the uh, workforce, right? The, the yeah, corpor- workforce. corporate America or right? That people are quietly quitting. They show up to work, but they're not really showing up, right? Well, yeah. So it stems from originally from the great resignation, what we called it during the pandemic, mm-hmm. when people were forced to be home for an extended period of time. And they found that many people found, wow, I actually really enjoy being in my home with my kids. And I, I don't enjoy that commuting to Salt Lake for an hour or two every day, back and forth. You know, so there, so a lot of people were quitting and finding jobs that would more, um, you know, would, would align with more what they wanted to do. So they called it the great, great resignation. But the result of that is that now a whole bit corporate America has a whole bunch of unfilled jobs that they don't refill. And they just expect teams, right, in, in corporate America, they just expect the rest of the team to pick up that work. And so now people are saying, well, wait a minute. And that's what that's what the quiet quitting is. It's like, look, I'm doing the thing you paid me to do. I'm not spending an extra two hours doing doing the work of that person that quit. <laughs> or are you heaping more work on me because you can't justify another full-time employee to come onto our team, right? Um, so so this quiet quitting started in the corporate world. And this Wheaton Tears article kind of looks at it from that perspective. And associates it with church. Hmm. This article is talking mostly about uh, from the perspective of, of women, um, which I find interesting because women have been uh, the workhorses, of course, of the church for years and years. Um, she even mentions it here in the in the article. Uh, but men have been quiet quitting the church for quite a while now. They've honest. been definitely quiet quitting uh, elders quorum. For a while, you know, you see the the brick breaker in the back or the the long scroll. Yeah, you know, we can pretend yeah. we're looking at the conference talk, but uh, maybe we're just uh, scrolling Twitter. Yeah, I mean, even young men's right where you have to ha- they have to add like four or five different advisors just to get a couple that might show up during the week regularly, right? So this yeah. is something that has been going on on the side on the men's side for quite a while, I think. And she talks about women. Um, she's noticing in her circles, right? They're not resigning, but they may be pulling back, um, you know, as they they stop being so encumbered by a checklist mentality, mm-hmm. right? Um, how often they're wearing garments now. You can see that in social influencers all over the place, TikTok, Instagram, women influencers in the church. You can tell they're not wearing that stuff every day, all, all day anymore. And they're recording themselves doing it. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know how much they're attending the temple, or even carrying a temple recommend anymore, and even even willing to go above and beyond and in callings that they used to just you know put in a lot of time and effort for. Yeah, don't feel like there's a there's a you know benefit out of that anymore. 
And it's interesting because I think from a general level, obviously I'm not in these meetings by any stretch of the imagination, but I would imagine, you know, seeing this from a general letter level, you're thinking we want to re-engage our people, especially after, you know, a pandemic and whatnot, uh, where people maybe had a different experience, an at-home experience that maybe was more comfortable than uh, general leaders wanted that to be, or even local leaders. And we try and re-engage them through programs and efforts like Come Follow Me. But I think sometimes that has the opposite effect of then it, I always call it, we we tend to make a thing a thing in, in our church uh, culture. I think every church culture does it, but it's like, yeah. we want our people to study the scriptures and to engage with the scriptures. Cause if they do that, then they'll have, uh, you know, they'll have a, a testimony grow within them. They'll rely on the, the scriptures more on and on. And, and on paper, that makes sense. But then, we, so then we turn it into a thing, like we're going to have a come follow me thing. Right. And I'm a fan of come follow me, of course, but a challenge. Again, Kurt, we challenge yeah. you. We challenge, right? And we sure. we have this curriculum every week, right? And then what happens though is that it, what I think the church intended as a help or an encouragement turns into like homework. And I've got this assignment, and oh, I haven't I haven't read Isaiah this week, and I don't even understand Isaiah, so I'm just going to listen to this YouTube channel talk about it, right? And so, but then it just becomes more of a, a burden to do something rather than a refuge from the world to decompress through the word of God, you know? And so it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, how can the church or other churches handle this quiet quitting dynamic that, that is definitely happening? I would say it's, it's out there. Well, I think that's exactly the point, you know, president Nelson's um, focus and changes that have happened under him are, are very, uh, they're putting the responsibility of the restored gospel into individuals and families. Right. Right. It's, it's, and, and while we can argue whether or not that was really the case all along, right. I've never been told in my life <laughs> in the church that it wasn't my responsibility, right. Don't worry. The church is going to take care of it all. You'll just go to the social kingdom. So right. I personally have never really understood why uh, the whole individual thing is new to people in the church, but regardless, we know that that's, yeah. our, I guess. Um, but the challenge, as you state, is, well, and, and, and as it relates to this quiet quitting, we're focused on the individual and the family. And it's very easy for us to say, well, I've been charged as a father, as a mother, as an individual. I've been charged with doing these things individually. I can do my ministering. I can do my individual, you know, come follow me. I can do the for the strength of youth. I can do the child and youth program. And those are all individual things. My leaders really don't have anything to do with it. It's in my family. It's with myself. And I wonder if it may be also contributing to this quiet quitting or what value does the church experience each week provide me if I'm being counseled and I'm being told, hey, it's, it's, we need to take this on individually, take more responsibility individually. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy for people to see that they're doing all of these things individually. And then they come to church and say, oh, I just sit through, you know, the elders quorum again or, or whatever it is. How am I engaged at church? And this is kind of the article kind of gets to that point. How are we better engaged at church? Which is your, which was your question. How can we as yeah. a church, you know, provide that engagement for, for individuals and families to keep them coming? For right. whatever reason. Yeah. And this thing this is something we talk a lot about at Leading Saints is just, you yeah. know, leaders 
feeling empowered to say, no, this is on you. Like you got to step up and provide an experience that is worth attending. Because unfortunately, I feel like we've had these cultural ideas on the other end of like, oh no, if you want to make sacrament meeting, you know, if, if you didn't enjoy sacrament, that's your own fault. Your fault. And, and you should have, you know, been more prayerful or, but at the same time, like there's just too many distractions and dopamine, uh, you know, engaging activities, you know, that can, that can pull people away. Right. And so I, I think we, we've really got to take a good look at what we're doing, even on a local level. And it's not a church thing, a church, general church thing to solve. The talks every Sunday are only 15 minutes long. And if you spend seven and a half minutes talking about how you got called and the, why you cried and, you know, you, uh, you know yeah. uh, whatever happens, right, for those first seven and a half minutes while I'm watching my clock. <laughs> Come on, get to it. What's, what do you got to say to me? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's definitely worth considering. I think we'll see more of this type of these types of articles or talks of, um, and I think this is exactly the type of information that uh, is happening behind the scenes, you know, whether it's in different departments of the church or whatnot, they, they want to engage people and, and especially the youth, right? Like how do we, how do we stand up against all these forces of social media? And, um, it's such a virtual world. We want to give them an in-person experience. And so anyways, this probably won't be the the last well, of of this discussion. Yeah, I was going to say if 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 I was you, you made the question, what is it the church can do? And I, I think I come I come out. I'm in IT. Yeah, I work in uh, information technology, large corporations. Um, I've been responsible for managing teams that provide services out there. Right? Employees of companies have services that they engage with their company. What is church support? Church support is well. I have an HR function. Is church support is I have a young a youth program church support is I have a primary program for my, for my little ones. Mm-hmm. I have a college quorum. I have a relief society and I may engage with those services that the church provides um, as, as a parent or as an individual, I feel is necessary in my life. Right. But what I need is I need that service to be available to me. Right. I need the, I need the youth function. I need the youth program functioning well so that when my kids age up into the youth program, they are provided that service that the church provides, right? Yeah. My kids are in primary. I need a good functioning primary. When when I'm in elders quorum, I need a good functioning elders quorum. I need, you know, I need a man enrichment night. I need, I need to, <laughs> I need a barn raising or, or whatever it is, right? That engages with that group. I think the sisters have have done way more with that over the years um, than we than we ever had. But that was my favorite time in life was man Richmond when we when we had that in a couple of horrors. Bring back man Richmond. Bring back man Richmond. There you have it. Help me make a cornhole and uh, help me <laughs> No, we this a is great one. Yeah. We had a great one with uh, learning how to detail our cars. I mean that brought that was the neighbors even came to that one. Yeah. How so, long ago did you have those? Was this like yeah. decades ago? Oh uh, yeah it's over a decade now the last yeah. time. Yeah. I, that, you know, back when I was in ward council, I'm like, oh, that's really boring. Could we do something else? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's, I, I really think that church support part of the individual, you know, family centered church support is just providing those services. We should have somebody that can help me with temple and family history work. Yeah. I should have somebody that I can engage when I have somebody that I want to talk to the missionary about. Right. Yeah. I need to, I need to be able to engage that and not be like, oh, uh, I don't know who to, uh, I think yeah. somebody over there, you know. Because in theory we have that, right? I mean, on paper it's there, uh, right, right. But the uh, yeah, there's definitely a deficit as far as uh, connecting those those two 
to those two worlds. So uh, speak to me, John, about JK Rowling and how she, <laughs> she wandered into the, the Mormon world this week. Yeah, we won't we don't really talk about the conversation that was happening that got her there. Okay. Uh, because yeah. Blair Hodge. That's a whole other podcast right. for other <laughs> podcast platforms. <laughs> Blair, Blair can take that. Um, but uh, yeah, she wandered into the whole Joseph Smith didn't see or no, nobody else saw the gold plates, but Joseph Smith. And I'm going to tell you what was so cool about this. Yeah. Because I've heard people that approach this, they, they're like, oh, you know, and that just becomes this horrible, oh, it, you know, it's a fraudster and a crook. But she actually came back to Twitter and she's like, hey, I went and researched this. I went and researched it uh-huh. into the conclusion that it appears that some people were able to see them. But there's a question about whether they saw them with spiritual eyes or whether they actually saw them physically. Mm-hmm. In, in a tweet, she was able to, new, with a nuance and with context, provide a couple of sentences about what really happened and what the what the arguments are around it. That doesn't uh-huh. happen on Twitter. I was I was quite I was quite interested to see yeah, a little self reflection, yeah. a moment of yeah. self reflection yeah. there. <laughs> nice. And so, was this just a handful of tweets went back and forth, or is it one or two? Or it looks like two or three. Got okay. the Desert News to respond, though. There's a really nice article that Desert, Desert News, I'm sure, will uh, uh, you know post on the in the show. Yeah, there. yeah. And and Desert News is quite uh, in haste. They jumped on this, and right. I mean, talk about a softball uh, question for a Latter Day Saint is well, Joseph Smith never showed the plates. Actually, actually, we've got several people, folks. That uh, yeah. anyways, so. there were there were some good people that you know jumped on there. I saw Lego Joseph Smith jumped on and. Provided uh-huh. her a couple of links and things, so who knows? Love maybe it. she maybe she engaged with those. We'll Love see. it. All right, let's do one or two more. What what are some of the other uh, favorites worth talking about? You know, can I can I bring up just okay one thing um, that I really liked about Twim? I, I in fact we told talked about it before is the Global Church. There is a there is a, a new podcast coming out from the Claremont Studies, the Claremont Mormon Studies group that is focusing on um, latter day um, experiences of the global church so just a just a shout out to them i imagine that looks like the first couple uh what was i looking at this global life yeah they've got uh, and they're focused on maybe specific individuals yeah yeah some individual experiences botswana Uh, single in in india yeah marianne and sophia the the drive to better one's life well this is cool yeah these look really good so so i don't know the what is Claremont Mormon Studies? This is just a, a, a university that has a, a Mormon Studies department or whatever you call it. Right, is Claremont. Okay. They're in, they're in California. I, I I don't remember who. I think the original ones were the Bushmans, Richard Bushman. Okay, yeah. Was it was Patrick Mason? This is his. Patrick Mason was also he was there before he went to Utah State, right? Yeah, very much Logan. Um, there was a really great one when when Richard Bushman was there. Claudia Bushman oversaw a. Uh, an oral tradition of collecting um, oral oral histories from women in the church. And it's, they, there's three books they published called Mormon Women Have Their Say, which is mm-hmm. a, just awesome. You know, it's it's my grandmother's church, right? Your great grandmother's church, and what it was like. It's a very different church experience growing up back then, and I'm yeah. just, they recorded those histories. It's really cool. Awesome. All I right, what, what which which other story, John? Do we got to hit before we we sign off here? Well, I had I have to talk about Jeanette McCurdy's book. Okay, it's not a story. What is this book? Jeanette McCurdy 
was Sam from iCarly. Do you remember iCarly? Do your kids watch iCarly? Uh, well, my oldest is 10, so yeah, I don't so think you missed we did that. that. Yeah, okay. My kids are the, my car, are the iCarly. It was a Disney Channel uh, It was series. a Nickelodeon channel. Nickelodeon, okay. But yeah, Nickelodeon. And then she went on to star with Rihanna, actually, in a, in a spinoff for just a season there. Um, but she wrote a book called I'm Glad My Mom Died, which is really really interesting title, right? Yeah. That'll, that's a good hook. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, um, it's been on the New York times bestseller for nonfiction for the last six weeks, number one, number two. And I didn't realize this growing up all this time, but she was a member of the church growing up and all through, all through the book. And by the way, if you're going to read this and you should, I think it's a great book. Um, read it or listen to it on audible because she, she reads it and it's just her comedic style. is just cool. Her writing is really good. But very rarely does someone, um, I think, who becomes famous and leaves the church or isn't part of the church anymore, very rarely do you have somebody who weaves the church into their experiences like she did here in this book growing up. Because huh. as a child actress, as a child star, she they were still attending church. Um, and I just, I, there was one point where she was 12 years old and she was called as the assistant secretary to the beehives. Oh, nice. She was talking to the secretary in the beehives and she's like, why do you think they called me as an assistant? Do you, I mean, do you have so much responsibility that you need me to be here? <laughs> and this 12 year old beehive secretary said, oh, well, they only called you that because they think your family's going to go inactive. <laughs> They told her that straight up. Huh? I spit out my water that I was drinking. I'm like, she totally pegged our culture. <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, she she talks about tier one and tier two Mormon families and that her wow. tier two Mormon family, right? Nice. <laughs> they tended to go when they needed something and and then stop when things were good and stuff. So yeah. So you <laughs> you uh, listened to this whole book, huh? Oh, I listened to that in one straight like one day. I started oh, wow. it Saturday morning and I finished it Saturday night <laughs> because it was so entertaining for me. Interesting. Well, there's a good now, recommendation there. And I yeah, assume that she has no current connection with the church or she's not. It's, it was a pretty bad experience with her mother and you can, you can hear it. It was a horrific childhood that she went through. Um, but she, you know, was able to put some humor into it and, and provide a, a fun, a fun go, a fun read. It, Towards the last few chapters, she starts to explore some things, and you may not want to read those, but or, yeah. or uh, you know, it gets into a little dicier material there at the very, very, very end. Awesome, awesome. And then, of course, I can't leave. If this is October, okay, and Halloween is coming, it is. And I have a favorite series of of uh, a collection of stories that I always suggest to everybody around October that they should read. Oh, I'm intrigued, John. It's called Mormons and Monsters. Really? What is yeah. this? Is it like a book or a, what is it, it? It's a book. It's a collection of short stories. Um, Latter-day Saint related stories that are a bit out there and it's really super fun. So let me just read, I'll read you one of these. So other uh, duties, let's hear it. Other duties. Sometimes the LDS bishops, <laughs> it's special callings. Sometimes that means being the agent bishop for battling demons. Um, the living wife where a guy comes into town and needs a new wife and he grabs one and goes back to the, you know, his, his settlement. And now she has to deal with the meddling ghosts of her two dead predecessors. Right. So she's trying to have this new marriage and the, and the ghosts of her. What on earth? Previous wives are, are there. So it's a story about that and her interaction with those ghosts. Okay. So this uh, was published October 31st, 2011. Yeah. And, uh, but 
so uh, I mean, it's like five bucks on Amazon. You'll get yeah, it. It is Kindle five dollars four ninety nine, but not. So it's not like a for Latter Day Saint audience. It's just no, it is. Yeah. Sure. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's all Latter Day Saint sucking. I, I love the, right. the cover of this. It'd be worth looking up just for the cover. Is uh, two yeah. sister missionaries are on a doorstep being attacked by some squid of right. some type. So yeah. there's a there's a story about baptism for the dead and the zombie apocalypse. Um, there's a, a pirate ghost story in the Great Salt Lake. Wow. There's one that's really quite interesting um, about it's, you know, a thousand years in the future and we're in space and we're meeting up with all these alien races and the church has missionaries that are going out there and they, they come across a, a race that is not, um, they don't have two sexes, they have three. And so how do you incorporate the fact that three people are involved in with oh boy. to create a child, right? And how do you <laughs> incorporate that into the church? Which I thought it was kind of funny, but anyway, there's some really fun stories. In the here. preface is even written by Terrell Givens. So how can you go wrong? Right. Right. So, <laughs> all right. There's the, the recommendation of the week. I've never heard of this, John. This is, this is the, the good stuff that you bring to this. this you you is, may have earned yourself another you invite me. back. So <laughs> this is why you call me. I had something to say and I have weird things that I. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, John, for your effort in putting uh, some of these thoughts together and, and lining up some articles and uh, twim nation. Keep being patient with us here. We are, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Maybe you just want Jeff back. Maybe I just need to turn the keys back over and say, all right, Jeff, I'll pay you some peanuts for every Make for every episode you do. And uh, we just, and Al's way too expensive at this point. So yeah, true. let's be honest, folks. We're not going to get back the originally original founding fathers of This Week in Mormons, but uh, let's move it in a new direction. I am open. Uh, over the next few weeks, I'd love to get some ideas of maybe potential co-hosts. Like I said, I'm not always going to have my voice on every episode. We have the Twim Sisters coming up in two weeks. Next week, we'll have some, it'll probably be me again with some interesting guest hosts. And uh, we'll, again, try and mix it up. I'd love an international flair. If you are outside of the United States of America, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any uh, intrigue of being a voice on This Week of Mormons. We're going to try all sorts of things. And of course, uh, I've spent uh, some good time in our Patreon group. If you go to patreon.com slash This Week of Mormons, you can uh, become a patron. We've we've lost two patrons. Patrons. I don't know how to say it, uh, but we lost two patrons just in this week because of... Chance, huh? Yeah, they, they just love Jeff more than me. But So we need you to come there, and we're going to do some exclusive content. There may have even been some of this episode that you didn't hear that only the patrons of the This Week in Mormon Patreon account will hear. So uh, help us out there. That is going to be, uh, for a while, our, uh, our engine of moving this forward and doing some fun, dynamic things. And hey, I'll throw this out there. All right, uh, we're going to give away to the to the uh, the patrons a copy of Monsters and Mormons. Okay, oh, yeah. Wow. All right, we're gonna. So you want to get over there because we're we're gonna get maybe two, maybe three. I don't know, but uh, it'll be the Kindle version because I think the paperback is out of print and very expensive at this point. Or I don't know, twenty seven dollars. I, I mean, lost come on, paper book. I I lent that book to so many people over the years. I never got it back one time. Are are there illustrations in the in the physical book? I don't even remember. Probably not. I don't know. So, anyways, thanks for joining us, folks. And again, go to this weekend more or Patreon dot com slash this weekend Mormons. We'll link to it in the show notes along with these articles we've talked about. And if we missed one, a big 
huge story, a, a, a conference talk you love, like uh, hit us up in the com- in the comment section or over on Facebook or Twitter, and let's do it. So until next week, folks, less Jeff, more Kurt. That's just the way we're going. See you next time.